David said, I will bless the Lord. That simply means I'm going to make myself, my will is going to bless the Lord. When you say you won't bless him, you're saying I will not. So either way, it's a reflection of your will. Anybody can bless him when things are good. But God loves it when we bless him when things aren't good. Because that's what comes from the heart. Amen. Turn with me to the word of the Lord. We go to the book of Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse number 9. Bible says, And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded. And her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. Verse 14 says, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Going down to verse 20, And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Watch what verse 23 says. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. Amen. Felt the Lord speak to me yesterday a clear word that I want to deliver to you this evening. This is my subject, when the quarantine is complete. When the quarantine is complete. The life of Joseph has been picked apart by some of the greatest theologians this world has ever known. By no means am I saying that we have exhausted every revelation God has for us pertaining to his life. But I believe that we can all agree that we've explored his journey in a very thorough fashion. Joseph didn't ask to be the favorite. He didn't ask for a coat to be made which would symbolize his status in the family. He didn't ask to be given dreams regarding his future. He didn't ask for his brothers to become jealous when he spoke those dreams. He didn't ask to be thrown into a pit or to be sold into slavery. He didn't ask to be uh, seek out Potiphar's approval, nor did he ask to be solicited to engage in an act of promiscuity with Potiphar's wife. And 
He certainly did not ask to be placed in prison for a crime that he did not commit. But I believe today that we have all found out there are things that we go through that we don't ask for. But you still have to go through them. We find Joseph in prison, confined. Could I use a more popular word today? He was quarantined. Quarantine was not something he did, he asked for. It was something that was thrust upon him. And I preach to people today that you may not be able to relate to any other aspect of Joseph's life, but you can relate to, to, what, it's, to what it's like to be in quarantine. It was a season that he didn't ask for. But think about this with me. No one asked God for seasons of discomfort. We only ask God for seasons of sweetness and serenity. We want the peaks, we want the pleasure, and we want the promise. But that's not where faith grows. Faith grows when it's challenged. Nonetheless, Joseph was in quarantine. The baker and the butler were thrown into prison. And Joseph was placed with their care. You dig it out, it, basically Joseph was their slave. Whatever they needed, Joseph was supposed to take care of them. And one day he walked in, and here they are. Their countenance had fallen. Joseph looked at him and said, guys, what's going on? You look sad. They said, well, we had some dreams. Each of them had a dream. And Joseph said, well, God interprets dreams. Go ahead and tell me the dream, and we'll see what God can do. And so the butler goes first. He says his dream. He gets a word from God in quarantine. God's going to raise you up in three days. You're going to go back to the butler's house or to the Pharaoh's house, and you're going to be restored. Here this butler surely is elated at this word from the Lord. In quarantine, he got something that he needed from God. And after quarantine's over, I'm going to be restored back like I'm, I was. Thank you, God, for giving me another chance. But notice what Joseph said. But think on me when it shall be well with thee. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh. And bring me out of this house. Now this is just one verse. But I'm not so naive to believe that it was just Joseph making a statement. I believe with everything that's within me that there was some type of, uh, of discourse. There was some type of conversation that maybe it sounded like, a, like sod in quarantine. God put me, he's putting my life back on track. And I'm so thankful that God gave me another opportunity. I'm thankful that God used this time to, to align me back where I need to be. You better believe, Joseph, that I'm going I'm to do everything I need to do. You better believe, Joseph, that I'm going to make good on my word. Yet in three days, look what happened. This is how Genesis 40 closes in verse 23. When the butler was restored, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph? 
but forgot him. It's an all too familiar story. Because when someone goes through a season of discomfort, when they go through quarantine just like we're going through right now, there's been a lot of people that will desire to draw close to God. They'll make a lot of commitments to God during quarantine. But when the quarantine is complete, will they follow through on what they said? It goes without saying that we live in a world that thrives on being busy. And I've said it many times and it bears repeating. If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. The length of day and night has been the same since the beginning of time. But what we do during the day has increased drastically. And people have busied themselves right out of a walk with God. Because today we gauge our self-worth by how busy we are and how much our phone goes off. And we have taken the bait, hook, line, and sinker. Could it be that I could offer you a spiritual viewpoint uh, that God has allowed a quarantine to come into place uh, to slow some people down uh, so we can see where we really are in the spirit world? You see, isolation can be used for examination. Trials and tests locate a person. In other words, they determine where you are spiritually. They reveal the true condition of your heart. How you react under pressure is how the real you will react. You know what a thermometer is? It's something that gauges, it provides an outward display of an inward condition. That's what a quarantine is doing right now. That's what all this stuff is going on in the world right now. It's providing you with an, an outward display of an inward condition. It, in, in this time of, of, of isolation, people are looking at themselves and saying, could I do this better? Could I do this better? Uh, God, I, I know I'm not right with you right here. I know I, I, need to, I need to change some things. When people go to prison, they, they start getting spiritual. It's not that they're not spiritual. It's that they've slowed down and they're in quarantine and they're looking at their life uh, in a different place. Uh, and people start making promises. Uh, you hear, Miss Preacher, during this quarantine, uh, there have been people saying, I can't wait to go to church. Uh, I can't wait to get to a prayer room. Uh, I can't wait to go to that altar. I can't wait to, to, to go and shout and to dance. I want to turn my life around, and I believe that's all good. But my question to you is what will you do when the quarantine is complete? It's not enough right now to put a checklist saying go to the prayer room, dance and shout, go to the altar, go to the house of God. I'm preaching to backsliders right now that are listening to this message, and you've been having some conversations with God, and God's been shining the spotlight on your soul. My question to you today is will you follow through with what you told God you would do? Think about this. What will you do when you can do what you want? Right now, we're trying our best, some better than others, at social distancing. And some people are not going anywhere. And however you're following it, I applaud you for trying to stay in line with the request of our government. But money and fame are not indicators of character. Freedom is the ultimate test of character. A man's worst difficulties begin when he is able to do as he likes. When the butler emerged from a quarantine, when he's in quarantine, 
Joseph, I got you back. You gave me a word from God. God's going to put me back where I need to be. And he's talking the talk when he's in quarantine. But now let's look at him when he comes out. When quarantine is complete, he forgot about the promise that he made. He forgot about the vows that he made. He forgot about, the, uh, about all the, the, the heart searching and the soul searching that happened in quarantine. You see, it's one thing when we're confined and we're making all these deals with God and we're telling God, I'm going to do this and God, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to that altar. But that's not the test. The test is when the quarantine is complete. Will you follow through on everything that you said? You see, we could point to many instances in the past 20 to 30 years that brought heartache to people, and it shook people. We could point to 88 reasons why God's coming in 88. We could point to the wars. We could point to 9-11. And each time you had people that said, God, I'm going to get my life right. God, I'm going to do everything that I told you I would do. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I'm going to read my Bible like I've never read my Bible. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. And then when everything smooths over and the stirring stops, where are they when the dust settles? Where are they? What about those vows they made to God? I can tell you people that, that, that had abused their bodies through drugs. And they said, God, if you'll give me a new liver. God, if you'll do this for me, I'll live for you. Only to see God do it. And they come a little while and then they go back into the ways of the world. It's not enough just to say it. But you've got to show it. Scripture says, better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. I know this is speaking to monetary vows, but I believe we could apply it to vows we make just like the butler. People that's been talking to God during this time of self-examination. People that's been talking to God, saying, God, I know I've made some mistakes. God, I know I've messed up. God, I know that I said I would do X, Y, and Z, and I haven't done it. I would admonish you. Follow through on the things that you're telling God that you're going to do. Because we get that feeling of urgency. We get that feeling of helplessness. We get that feeling of desperation. And we start getting emboldened and empowered. But what will you do when the feeling fades? I could take you to the book of Luke. When Jesus was speaking to Peter about Peter's going to deny him three times, and this is what he said. He said unto him in verse 33, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and into death. He, he knew there was something coming, and he started feeling empowered. He said, I'll go with you all the way to the end. Yet you read to the end of Luke 22, and, and this is what it says in verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter was so bold. He was so full of passion. 
God, there's no way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with you all the way to prison and I'm going to die with you. Yet after that third time, he denied the Lord. He's there just a ways off. And apparently, Jesus could see him. Because Scripture said, Jesus just looked at him. Maybe it sounded something like this in, 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 in Jesus' mind. Peter, what about now when the feeling fades? What about now when you said you was going to do it and you didn't? How many times? Have we made vows unto God that we're going to get our life straight? We're going to do things better. We're going to get our family in church. I'm preaching to people that once sat on these pews. People that once sat on apostolic pews. And somewhere along the way, you gave up on what you said you would do. You may be in that same boat. You may be feeling like you've let down God. You've let God down so many times. You may be feeling like you're hopeless and you're helpless. But here's how, here's how beautiful God is when it comes to mercy. I want you to look at what the butler did two years later. Pharaoh had another dream. And the butler said in verse 9 of chapter of Genesis 41, Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day and he told about going to prison and he told about there being a man named Joseph and the story goes that Pharaoh said bring him up to me and he went from the prison to the palace in one day you know what that tells me that tells me that you can still make good on the promises you made to God the butler it was two years later and he made good on what he told Joseph he was going to do. It doesn't matter if it's been two years, ten years, or twenty years that you told God that you would get your life right. If you're still breathing today, if you're watching this message, if you're listening to this podcast or this audio, there's still time for you to make good on your vow. There's still time for you to say, God, I want to surrender everything I can to you. It was two years later as our musicians come. It was two years later, but that, that butler made good. I'm preaching today to people that during this quarantine, you've done some soul searching. I'm preaching to backsliders that you pulled off that Bible. You pulled that Bible off that shelf that you haven't read in a long time. I'm preaching to people of other denominations that you've been watching our services and nobody knows you've been watching. But it's because there's a hunger in your heart that you want everything that God has. You listen to this preacher. It's good to say it. But when the quarantine is complete, God wants you to show it. It's not enough to surrender lip service to God. But when that freedom comes, it's then that you have opportunity to say, you know what, God, I'm making good on some promises. There's going to be people walking to this church while everyone else hated the quarantine. They loved it because it brought them to a place where they could surrender to God. It brought them to a place where they had to have a pause button placed on their life 
and God is showing them, hey, it's time for you to get some things right. When the quarantine is complete, do what you said you would do. I cannot wait for the time that this place is filled to capacity. I cannot wait for the people to come through those doors and they'll go to those prayer rooms and that music starts and people are dancing and worshiping because I believe that I'm preaching to some people that aren't just going to say it, but they're going to show it. When the quarantine is complete, we're going to see revival like we've never seen in Wallace Ridge. We're going to see backsliders come to these altars. I'm preaching to people that are hungry and you've been searching for God. You want to know God in a greater fashion. My friend, make a vow. But then follow through with what you said you're going to do. We're going to yield ourselves to God as they begin to sing right where you're at. If you need the Holy Ghost, all you got to do is repent of your sins. And you begin to say, I love you, Jesus. And you're going to feel something begin to come over you. That's the power of God's Spirit. Lord, release the miracle-working power of God. Stir people's hearts right now wherever they're at. But God, don't just stir them. I pray that you would move them. You would shake them. God, that they would follow through on what they said they would do. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, do the work in their life. Do the work in their life right now. God, stir their hearts. Draw them to you, Jesus. Draw them to you, Jesus. Draw their family unto you. I give myself to you, Lord. I don't want to just make a vow while I'm in quarantine. I want to complete it. I want to follow through with it, Jesus. When this is over, I want to be in the house of God. I want to be at that altar. I want to be at that altar. I want to be at that altar. In the name of Jesus, I pray for every member of Wallace Ridge. Lord, that you would draw closer to you during this time. That your power would touch their heart right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I yield to you. Worship wherever you're at as they sing unto the Lord. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself So you 